back. It's been, well, yeah, it's been over a month since we last sat down to talk to the microphone and do a podcast, do several podcasts in one. Well, actually, we're only doing two. We're doing the first one now and the second one afterwards. Yeah. Not that matters. You'll listen to weeks to come. Um, yeah, last time we sat down, we had talked all about Bloodstock 2018, our experience of the festival and so on. Yeah. And we, then it all died down and we kind of forgot about Bloodstock. And that was it. We, we will get back on. We, mo- we moaned a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a mo- yeah. It was like a two and a half hour thing. Pro- proper old men with an hour of moaning followed oh, by. It's not fair. Yeah, like <laughs> oh yeah, the smallest complaints. Yeah. But we are back, back to normal service really, because we have tracks to play you on this podcast. Six in total. We'll get to them in a minute, and plenty to plenty, plenty to talk about. Thankfully, the metal world never seems to stop ever, and it's been a busy few weeks. But before we get to that, we've got housekeeping to do. The obvious stuff, where you can find us, you can find us at gbhbl.com. You should know that by now. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube. What am I forgetting? That's it, isn't it? The podcast. Yeah, SoundCloud for this podcast. If you're listening to it, you probably know that as well. Yeah, chances are you listen to it on iTunes as well. It's two places available. It It would be lovely to get it on Spotify, but Spotify... One does not accept SoundCloud as a, a a feed, which is still a puzzling thing. Yeah. Um. But hey, who knows in the future? I when I, when I applied, I put in a request for it, and I guess if everybody does that, who wants SoundCloud to be on there, then it will be. I don't know why they don't. Because SoundCloud's no. one of the biggest. I'm sure, lots of people will have requested it. Yeah. So maybe that will change things. But um. Yeah. Of course, just go to any of those and search for GBHBL. It's as simple as that. Like our shit. Give us a hand. Because we're always trying to do better. As you can see by the YouTube channel, which I'm kind of, kind of, it's been tidied up a lot more now. It's been really tidied up, split into our three major categories that we have on the site. You know, the gaming stuff, um, the horror stuff, which is now as well just all pushed into one, which is horror reviews. No more of this. Because I, I I was puzzling up and going, well, what's a quick review and what's a normal review? And I realized that, like, ultimately, I'm still only going to be hitting about four or five minutes because I'm never going to be doing those 20 minutes Here's my face. Look at me talking and yeah. stuff like that. That's not my style. And then, of course, our album reviews. Um, yeah, that's 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 it. Really housekeeping complete. Yeah, yeah. I guess you got anything to add? Anything special from that? No, no, nothing. <laughs> housekeeping's but, housekeeping, isn't it? It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, if you listen to this, you already follow us on Twitter or like us on Facebook or something like that, and keep up with the date with all our content. I get. But, I get. Yeah. I, if you do listen to this podcast, then do us a favor and just. Drop down and give it a rating, even if it's a terrible one. On the um, on, App Store, yeah. 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 Gives a, it, you know, it just helps that a little bit. Yeah, it loses up the list a little bit. Maybe gives us an opportunity to be viewed by a few more people. It would be nice to see so, that yeah. have a few. Don't listen to it, go, yeah, that was really, really good. Coach your phone, job done. Yeah, like take two seconds, isn't it? We like that. Let's go and uh, give them a rating. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, of course, we are focused again on the music. We have, as I said, six tracks, but we're going to start with uh, we're going to start with one, really, as we always do, kick off with one. But before we get into it, we're going to actually talk about the album first, uh, because it ties into the uh, song that I'm going to be playing. Um, have you had the chance to listen to the debut Sarkath album? No, I haven't. Sorry. Um, I do intend to buy it. I absolutely do. Yep. I've been not going to talk about it, but I've been very busy. Yep, really, really busy. So I've missed out on quite a bit in the last couple of weeks. I'm aware of it. I'm aware it's uh, out, and I'm aware that CDs are like due to be dispatched and whatnot. Mine's down there, relatively soon. So uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, it's one I'm definitely going to be picking up, but I haven't had a chance to listen to it. Um, yeah, I will be. Don't worry. Well, it's no secret, <laughs> obviously, that um, 
you know, we're fans of the band, big fans of the band, and uh, any release of a debut album comes with pressure, I think. Um, yeah. I think I was talked about in the review. Uh, for me, going into it, it was an interesting one because of the nine tracks, I'd already heard two, yeah. which were from the demo, even though they were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were tarted up a bit, uh, you know, a little bit tidied up, less mm. less rawness of the demo. Um, and they said, like, it was two instrumentals, and instrumentals are what they are. Yeah. They just really offered just to break up. And then, uh, oh, and there was also The Wanderer, uh, so I'd heard three tracks. I forgot, yeah, the two demo tracks and The Wanderer, which is a previously released single. So going into it, it was like, there was it was only going to be six songs I hadn't heard and two of them were instrumental. So it was only those four. So it was kind of, I guess pressure was on, at least in my point of view, man, I hope those four are good, you know, yeah. really, really, yeah. really good. And, um, and are they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a fantastic album. <clears throat> God damn it. Excuse me. The song I'm about to play you is my favourite song off the album and... Well, it's the best. I think it's the best track on the album. I'm really, really pleased to be able to play it. Um, it's probably the second best song I think they've ever done. Uh, Memories of You, which was the second song from the single, uh, is probably the best song I think they've done to date. But this is a close second. It's the actual title track, Yera, which is the name of the album. And as Brendan said, it's out now. You can pick it up dirt cheap from M MSH Music Group. That's the label that released it. But of course, you know, the usual places, streaming and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so there's really no excuses. Give it a shot because it's a young, young, you know, young um, up and coming British black metal band who, mm -hmm. you know, has a, to my eyes, I mean, has a bright future. But of course, like all bands in the modern day, you're going to have to give them a little helping hand. Yeah. You know, as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. So this is, um, yeah, this is Yera.
So yeah, I really hope you like that song. I think it's an amazing track and go go pick it up. No excuses, please. So, you've been busy? Yeah, I've been busy. Have you been paying attention to the news? Uh, <clears throat> not really. I've seen a few bits and pieces. A few bits and pieces. Got, there have been a few interesting things that I've uh, been following. What, well, I guess actually we'll start with one because it's a standalone thing. We'll actually start with Bloodstock then. Okay. Let's kick off with Bloodstock who announced yeah. their first first headliner, the okay. only band they announced. Um, with perhaps a bit of fanfare that I think may have been not necessary considering. I don't know. Do you know, like, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a strange one uh, because people always seem to be pretty accurate in their predictions about who is and who isn't mm-hmm. going to be announced for Bloodstock. I don't know if that means that they become predictable, <laughs> which isn't necessarily a good thing. Mm. Um, long before they announced the band, who we still haven't named. Yeah, you should <laughs> that, probably say who it is. Yeah, Sabaton. <coughs> um, there were already many, many, many comment feeds suggesting Sabaton were going to be headlining. Yeah. And the comments there on them feeds were very, very divided. Yeah. You know, there are many, many people who are pretty cool with it. Yeah. But there is also a huge amount that are like, nah, not my thing. Yeah, you know, um, I'm quite surprised by that. I guess I'm not, I, I am, and I'm not. I know, I know that you know it's Bloodstock, and we're also heavy in death metal and all that sort of stuff. But Bloodstock had these kind of power folk yeah. sort of bands there, and although I didn't see them, I know that you said you've seen Sabaton play there before, yeah. and they put on a, and you went to watch them, not necessarily being a fan. No, not, but were blown away by their show. Yeah, it was, I were, think it was the second best of the weekend. I think yeah. I named it. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not surprised that a band gets announced and then people aren't happy about it. That's of course. Like just a given in any festival everywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Ever. You know, I guess I was surprised by how heavy the weight behind, like, I don't want to see them was. Yeah. I thought it might be like a load of happy people and a few and uh, not that bothered. But it seems to almost be the reverse of that. Having you... said that, you, when you're at the festival, I'm pretty sure that many, many of the people who even are saying they don't want to go and see them will still be there standing there watching yep. them, you know. So it's, it's it's comments on social media it don't really mean an awful lot, does it? No, it hits it, that whole thing. You, can, you know, as you said, you're never going to please everyone. And um, yeah. my my um, you know my view in it is is straightforward enough. I saw them play Bloodstock in whatever 2016, I think. Uh, they were second from top then doing the hour slot special guests, and uh, they were excellent. They brought a hell of a show. It was very very exciting and very, very fun. So I'm like, okay, well, as a headliner, yeah. that can only be better. Um, so I am I'm okay, but it's it didn't wow me purely because of what you said. It was like the uh, the least best kept secret. It, yeah. e- everyone's seen the No Sabaton were playing the twenty year anniversary thing. Yeah, uh, playing uh, Wacken as well. It seemed like a given. On it that just seems to happen like, all the time. That like, even with this year's Bloodstock and previous years, there doesn't seem to be much in the way of a surprise. It's, yeah, especially when it gets to the headliner sort of thing. You mm. know, so. You know, there was a little bit of underwhelmingness in that front, but I'm always just like my, you know, my bloodstock view is very simple. Don't worry about the headliners. You want it's as so much about the undercard as anything else. This isn't downer. You don't need your Aerosmiths playing and stuff like that and so on. And this ties into Bloodstock's creed. Sabaton have never headlined a festival in the UK. Here's the opportunity, just like Amon Amarth, just yeah. like um, fuck, who was it this year? Gojira, yeah, Gojira, um, and so on. So it fits with that. You know, wait and see what the next two headliners are as well, of Which, course. Obviously, at least one of them has already been very heavily predicted. Um, yeah, I'm very yeah. surprised if it's wrong and that's Slayer. Um, I'm beginning to doubt that now, purely because of them, their links to Download Australia, which means they're more than likely going yeah. to play Download, and I can't the see them is, sharing them. Yeah, you don't think so? Mm. I think as it's still their final tour, 
I, I saw that as well when I thought the same thing. Yeah. But then I thought, well, well, maybe they'll just play download and bloodstock. Yep, that's very, very possibility. But then, uh, you know, it also fit in with this bloodstock thing that I spoke about before, where they seem to do. And some of, some of this is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. It's like this one band given their first time headlining. This one, one of the olden guys. Yep. And then this one, maybe slightly uh, off the chain kind of curveball sort of thing. Yeah. You know, so you had Priest as the olden guys last year. You, you know, it's all this year maybe Slayer. That mega death the uh, year before that. Yep. So yeah, very well. Could, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I don't really care if it is or isn't. It's that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. No. Um, it's yeah. Not I, I, yeah. It's not something like like headline of a bloodstock doesn't keep me awake at night. To be no. honest with you, <laughs> um, I wasn't frantically refreshing my feed to see who it was going to be. Like you said, with bloodstock. With any festival, any festival I've ever went to, any of them, it wouldn't be about like, oh, what's the first announcement? Right, that's it. I'm going to go buy my ticket now. Yeah. I still want to know more. Or if I'm dead set on a festival, then the first announcement isn't going to suddenly sway me. Of course. Oh, well, that's it. I ain't going now. Yep. I've seen one band from your whole lineup. I'm out. Yep. You know, it's like, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, you wait and see, don't you? You see, um, you know, like you said, there's a, uh, what you get? I don't know, even know the count, 60, 70, 80 bands play over the course of a weekend. Mm. We, know, we know one. Yeah, we know one, <laughs> basically, know? yeah. Which in itself is kind of frustrating that you think. Yeah, I think I, I do wish they, you know, I understand that they, there's often contractual obligations with bands that are already doing things. And, mm. you know, maybe the band sometimes want to announce before the festival yep. and all that sort of stuff. Or maybe they they are like, you know, literally still negotiating things with bands. Because we haven't even had a, um, we haven't even had a download yeah. headliner announced. Um, you know, it's like, oh, we're doing a, um, Australia stuff and other countries. And it's like, what about the UK? And I, you know, I don't know if we've ever talked about it in length, but sometimes does not, to me, does not, to me, it's like twofold. Are you A, so arrogant? You're like, buy our tickets. Buy our tickets have been on sale for ages. Mm. Early bird tickets and stuff like that. Buy our tickets. We ain't even going to tell you a band that's playing, but buy our tickets. Or is it a fear that they're like, whereas like, you know, you get your health fest and all that, go, here's a hundred, here's three quarters of our bands, which is what they do. Um, and then sell out every year happily. They're confident and they're confident in what they do. And it's yeah. like our, our festivals are like, well, we've got a drip free disc because we've got to keep interest in, otherwise people aren't going to care and yeah. shit like that. You know, I don't, I don't. It's 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 a UK thing only. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the reasons for it are. To be honest, um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, <laughs> I honestly have no idea why. But does it not frustrate you? It frustrates me to a degree, but you know, I'm, mm. I'm not the world's biggest festival goer so for me it's unlikely well I, I have no desire to go to download any time in my life yeah um yeah I, I, it's impossible the lineup that they'd have to put on for me to even decide to go there wouldn't you know it wouldn't happen they'd, half of them would be dead you know for it to be enough to convince me to go yeah yeah um yeah because it's more of a size and scale thing for me and you know? i don't particularly want to go to hellfest although it always looks quite amazing yep because I'm aware that it's probably just too big, too oh, much. Yeah, it's humongous. And I, you know, and I don't really want to kind of take like a week out of my life to, to kind of, you know, go in and just be surrounded by 100,000 people or whatever, barely able to move. Yeah. Um, same with things like why I wouldn't, I, you know, although I have the option almost not every year, but many years, so why don't we go to Glastonbury with all these family people that go? Yeah. You know, no, other than the fact that most of the music sucks. You know, yeah, the um crowds and stuff are just unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just not my thing. So for me, it's quite easy. It's like Bloodstock are going to put on eighty-ish. I don't even know what the number is. Heavy metal bands. So there's a little bit of a safety net in my thinking of that. The chances of me not liking any of this eighty 
you know, are, are pretty slim. The percentage is going to be high for you. You know, so I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Um, like we often find at Bloodstock, and this year was probably a prime example of that because of the, well, what we originally thought was quite a weak undercard. Yep. And maybe it wasn't the main stage kind of area, but went there maybe knowing less bands than I would have hoped to know. Yep. But came out of there loving a load of new bands that I hadn't heard before. That's especially true. from the um, New Blood. New Blood yeah. stage. Yeah. So I guess if you're a metal fan in the UK, Bloodstock can almost play it as gentle as they want mm. because it's got such a great reputation within the heavy metal community that I guess people are going to go, aren't they? That's yeah. how the people are going to go. People see it as like a thing for them. It's almost yep. like a, it's not a festival. There are people, a lot of the people that go to Bloodstock at least based on the forums and stuff, yep. don't appear to sit down each year and make their choice of which festival they're going to. Mm. It's already a given. We're going to Bloodstock no matter what. Yep. You know, so that you, you would imagine that would give Bloodstock, I mean, you, you can never take that as gospel, but of you know, course. you imagine that would give them some form of security about it. Yep. But without, we're not going to go all like accountants now, without knowing what their numbers are like, maybe they do need to sell a certain amount of tickets before they can book certain bands. Yep. Yeah, before they're confident enough that they're going to have the cash flow. You are right. So maybe yeah. they're pushing tickets now so they can sell. Maybe they've sold 5,000 tickets already and that's was enough money for them to know that they're comfortable to book Sabaton on the next couple. Yep. You know, and then they're going to, that will hopefully then raise up, ramp up another 3,000 sales. And I would hope that wasn't the case because that would suck if you knew festivals basically living off, like booking next year based off what they could afford now because that you'd want them no, to be no, more yeah, comfortable. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I, <clears> but but because they're still essentially... You know, I know they probably wouldn't like you saying this, but it's still essentially a business. Of course. You know, they're not they're not like a it's not pure charity or anything like that, right? And they're gonna have a huge amount of cost. Yep. For the, their own personal cost, the work that happens there, everything like that, it's all gonna happen. And a lot of that they know they'll recuperate back because once the festival's on, they're gonna get uh, like license uh, from the people who put food stole, they're gonna get all this money coming. Yep. So you've got this like fixed amount of money coming. You know, I would imagine they have a safety net and all that in yep. place, but you still need to sell X amount of tickets of for course. it to be financially viable. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it would be a disaster, I would imagine, financially for a bloodstock. This is all guesswork, by the way, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be a disaster to say book. Imagine this year, book priest, book this person, book this person, then start pushing your ticket sales, and maybe you don't, you, you only sell ten thousand, mm. but you've already contracted that money to these people, right? And that's so, you know, you haven't sold enough tickets to be able to recuperate all of your costs. You're suddenly running out of loss. I'm not saying that's what they do, but in my head, it's not It's not a massive uh, empire. Of yeah, course. It's still a small-time festival. Yeah. I can't imagine they've got millions in the bank set aside to just pay for things whenever they want it. No, so I, I would imagine yeah. there's a little bit of trying to balance, right, so what can we book versus what are we going to get back, you know, trying to find that balance. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think that's why they push, they try and drip, feed the tickets and try and drip, you know, feed interest to try and not just to sell them, but to gauge interest. Are we going to sell out this year? Are we going to be able to put on some, maybe some more pitches or something right, like that? Yeah. Yeah. So with that gives you an idea of the budget you're working to. Oh, okay. Don't know any, any of that fact. That's what a great thing about talking on this stuff. And we don't know with anything, everything we might say is complete, complete and utter bollocks. No, because what you, <laughs> I would say also like, I would go with this, which again, I don't know as fact, but again, you got to make a bold presumption is that, um, Sabaton, wouldn't have been massively expensive no. to book as a headliner. You know, we're not talking Judas Priest or Nightwish no, money here. There wouldn't have been that. No. <clears throat> so there's some, you know, that itself is a good decision. Yeah. But then I worry as well, does that not create anticipation for others? Well, like, because you've had the likes of Judas Priest and Nightwish last year, do you, does Bloodstock feel like you have to follow suit and go big again? Who knows? Maybe, maybe it's a... Who's left? Let's go for another bold statement. Maybe 
they're also aware that the undercard wasn't as strong as they would have liked it to be last like right. year. So they're gonna go maybe s- they are. So maybe maybe they also feel that do you know what like uh, booking Priest and Nightwish in one year brought us pretty close to the mark. Yeah, and actually we might need to look at that and say scale it back. Yeah, a bit. all right, we maybe can afford to have one big guy there, a Slayer or something like mm. that. Still not going to be a Priest kind of. Of course, uh, yeah, uh, you know, pull. But aside from that, it might be better to fatten out the whole. We're not the only people that have said you went top heavy last yeah, year. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you, we know that um, Adam and Vicky are regular readers of the stuff that's said about Bloodshot. Yep. But they're also metal fans. Yes. I, w- I would be very surprised if they didn't at least think the same. They're never going to come out and say it. No, of course not. Of course think not. Like, oh, we would have, it might even just be in their heads. They would have loved to have booked this person, this person, and this person. But they couldn't because they booked Nightwish and uh, Priest in one, mm. in one festival. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I don't know. Wait and see what comes next. Wait and see what comes back next. I'm, I'm happy with Sabaton. That's yeah. cool. I'm cool with that. Same here. I'm yeah. happy with them. And um, like you know, any announcement, I'll, I'll greet with excitement yeah. and interest, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Like I said, it's very hard for them to announce something that's not going to please me, even if it's not a band I like, as long as it's within the genre. You know, if they, anyway, I'm going to be like, what the hell? Blood stuff, what are you doing? As if, like, I don't know, they announce a Boyzone reunion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, then I'm going to be like, all right, you've yeah, changed. Now, yeah, you know. Damn it, Bloodstock, you've changed. Now you get to throw your... Yeah, yeah they changed the to... blood to BLUD. <laughs> yeah, Bloodstock. And, and like JLS or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Would you, um, yeah, you know, you talk about small stuff like that. One of the topics I wanted to talk about this was, um, I've noticed it a lot more this year. It's not like it's new, but mm. the rise of these smaller festivals in the UK. We're seeing yeah. a, an undercard of smaller festivals, weekend ones and all that, stepping up and... Making a bit more of an impression, not just with lineups, but also like what they're offering and so yeah. on. I think it's quite interesting. It is, yeah. I think my only worry with uh, not all of them, but a lot of the smaller festivals I've seen so far, and it's not a worry with them because I think they look great. I think they've got some good lineups and all that. Mm. But because what they're basically having to do is to take the bands that are maybe a little bit closer to the underground, you yep. know, that that kind of lower tier and heavier sort of stuff to stand out. Yeah, you know, to try and be like, oh, we're a festival for the proper death stuff. Yeah. Um, my only worry with this stuff is that when they do well, their fans they're taking are going to be from the likes of Bloodstock. Yep. Not downloads. That's so true. So that's a different fan base. Yeah. So I would, it sounds like I absolutely despise download. I don't, I just don't like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got no desire for it, but I'd love to see these little festivals popping up and taking people from the big ones, punishing them. Yeah. And saying, there you go. That's for your shit cards. Or, or yeah. yeah do, being but a actually, small because, download. Because they're so, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But because they're so different in genres, if you're a massive death metal fan, previously you might've gone to Bloodstock, but now yep. you don't necessarily have to anymore. But if you're uh, into the, I don't know, the cleaner stuff with a little bit of radio-friendly rock and all that sort of stuff, you still got to go download. Yeah. So they're still fine. They're taking sales and protected. Yeah. So yeah, I, that's the only thing with them. I think they're great. I wish they were, not, they're not doing it purposely, but targeting t- the fans from other from other environments, you know? Yeah, because I think the ones we're going to be talking about don't really, yeah, definitely don't do that. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about one of the ones that's been consistent. These guys, this festival's been around a while now, Um but uh, I'll be I'll be strapped. It's the first time this year I ever really looked at it as a viable option because it is mm. far for us. Um, and unfortunately, this year it just comes at a bad time work wise that so can't happen. But um, it's it's a pretty incredible lineup. If you're particularly if you if you're if you're like us and you're in Bloodstock and you like that sort of thing, damn We're talking Damnation Festival, the one that takes place in uh, Leeds Union. Uh-huh. Oops, excuse me. That's one thing beeping away. Uh, Leeds Union or something like that over the weekend. Yes. Yeah. 
And we're basically going to um, look at some of the artists, really, pick and choose the ones we know, really. Yeah. Because there is, is quite a lineup, particularly of stuff we've covered in the site. There is. Um, yeah, and it's a strong lineup. I think Damnation looks very, very impressive this year, and um, I hope they do well. Last time I saw Post, look, you know, ticket wise, I don't think they were doing spectacularly well. Yeah. So I hope it's kind of turned around. But um, yeah, so I guess Forest of Stars. Forest of Stars, we know of. Yeah, Mr. Um, McBloodstock, yeah, Mr. which um, now I've listened to the new album. Um, and there is a review up on the site. It was done a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there'll be a video review going up for that at some point this week. It's actually out in at, on the, this Friday, I think, this Friday the 28th. Um, so the new album, Forest of Stars, is a really fucking good album. It really impressed me. It really made me wish I'd seen it on Bloodstock because I think inside Selfie's Tent, their music would have been quite fucking cool. Definitely, definitely one, I can see dividing opinion though. Um, but you know, you'll hear yeah. it. Just think what you want. Um, I've never seen Anal Nakrath live, have you? I've never seen them live either, no. Old school though, man. Yeah, they are. They're a while. They're a name, I think. Um, even if you didn't really like that type of heavy metal, you probably have heard of the band. So yeah, yeah it's one of those you'd have to go and like try and check out, wouldn't you? Yeah, um, Batushka, um, they're making waves, a uh, visual kind of treat as much as anything else. Um, Bong, we covered them on the site. Yeah. No, it's Stoner. It is. It's good stuff. Um, Cancer, again, another one recently covered on the site. Great little band. And Tomb Day D. Yeah, um, covered a single recently. Yeah, and they're doing a show at the end of the year. I can't yeah. remember who it's with, but it looks... Oh, Vader and Tomb Day D and Vader. And it's one I actually want to go to because I've never seen either yeah. live. I mean, they're a pretty, pretty cool band, to be honest. I think... Um, I think it would be a yeah pretty high energy. Did you show. What, did you like the single? I did like the single. Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah, and that's that's they're, they're like one of the big ones for it. Um, yeah. Ghost Bath, obviously we've talked Ghost Bath, yeah, many times about this, and we will be there for Ghost Bath and Moles joint thing at the end of the year. Hundred year old man, hundred year old man. We again covered. Well seen, uh, yeah, at Bloodstock and uh, our fans of yeah. Um, probably the one you'd be there to see yeah, for I mean, fucking sure. Stands out a mile to be uh, with no disrespect to the other bands on this, you know, like that's the band I'd go for. Yep. You know, that's for the reason uh Isan. Isan, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Uh big fan of his. Uh, you you say about things standing out a little bit. Isan's solo work is not the heaviest music you're ever gonna hear yeah. in your life. There is a lot of clean cut melodic, symphonic, um, sometimes even verging into poppy yeah. sort of music. However, he is Ethan, mm. so I think he can get away with anything he wants to do. Really, if he comes out and does an Abbott tribute act, like people will probably still be like, "Yeah, he's all right." Yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> I think it is that. It's like it doesn't. It's you're not. You know, you're not booking Emperor, but you are booking Ethan from Emperor. Yeah. You know, it's who, that. who, as you know, respect to Emperor and all that is Emperor. Yes, you of know, course. Yeah, he's a songwriter, the singer, the you know, the composer. Yeah, he's a bit of a legend. Yeah. Um, Mole, we've already Mole talked about, well. fantastic upcoming band. Monuments, recently reviewed them, really great band again. And another for the old school, uh, Napalm, Napalm Death. Yeah. Um, only ever seen them live once, which was at Bloodstock a couple of years yeah. ago, I think I told you about, and I was blown away. Yeah, Blown yeah. away by how good I've always it was. Liked, I've never seen Napalm Death, but I've always liked them on records, so, you know, one of those things, just never come across them. Wait, didn't you, I thought you saw them with Machine Head back in the day. I may have done, but this is the one. Oh, I you don't remember? Before. I think I... I think it was Machine Head, Napalm Death, and Skin Lab. But this was like in the early nineties. So fuck knows. Yeah, so you can't be you sure. Know. Yeah. When we when we met Machine at that time, we spoke to Rob. He was the same, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right." He like, but but we were both like, I can't remember if it was. I have to Google it one remember, day and yeah. find that fucking lineup and see if the, what it was. Um, knee, no, knee Oblivious Scarus. Yeah, again, I'd love to see these. I'd love to see these. Um, their most recent album. 
which actually come out this year, mm. um, will probably be in my top 10 at least. Come the end of the year. Yeah, so been around a while, like you said, but still extremely relevant. Yep. Um, Oms, Oms. Oms, which you reviewed a single for yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it, actually. They're a very, very local band for us. Well, local-ish, anyway. They're ca- kind of Canterbury-Kentway. Yeah, that um, is local enough, yeah. yeah. Um, saw, 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 Saw. Yeah, even I'm going to struggle on that one. Yeah. S-A-O-R. I know of them, um, and I know they're Probably pretty good. typo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they meant S-O-A-R. And I guess the last really big one, um, the last one we're going to cover from Damnation, is Vader. Yeah. Of course, uh, Legends of the Scene. Still going strong. Um, yeah, I mean, there are more dotted around, but they're the ones we pulled out that we recognise and kind of yeah. thing. And that's... Um, I quite like the way that they've um, listed it alphabetically. It's easy to it's easy to read, isn't it? Yeah, so you don't... You, you, I'm, I was trying to pick out the head, like who the headliners are and everything like that by looking at it. I'm assuming Isan is. I think it might be... Isan. and Tombed AD, because it's three nights, isn't it? So, yeah. Um, Isan and Tombed, maybe like, maybe Napalm Death. No, nah, they don't have a poster, so I can't, yeah, it's just, you choose lineup and it yeah. comes straight to that. But yeah, no, it's a good lineup. It's strong. It is a strong lineup. So, before we move on to the other ones, we're going to play another song, because we have got six or five now to get through, and I'm going to let Brendan take over for this one, because he wrote the single review. Twice, actually, kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah, so originally... So the song is called Damaged Goods. It's by Drop Oblivion, who's a one-man kind of solo composer, Ian Mortimer. Um, originally, the song came out in 2017, but there wasn't really, um, I guess, an album attached or anything like that at the time. It was just, here's a single, check it out. And I really liked it. Really, really did. I thought it was really, really good. And I was quite surprised now that there's an album in the works, which is called Narcissistic Counselor. Yeah. Due out oh, end of this year, maybe early 2019, that the Drop of... Damaged Goods has been remixed, remastered, had uh, new vocals done, new guitar work, new drums. And I was quite surprised and quite concerned at the time because I thought, like, but I really like the original. Oh. So it's like, if you've changed that much in it, like, oh. <laughs> do you know what yeah, I mean? you're like, I'm like what, are you, what are you changing it for? I like it. Yeah, you like it. What the fuck you know, are you so doing? I, was, I went into it, like, excited, but at the same time thinking, like, oh, you know, what if it's, like, lost everything that I liked about mm. it the first, first time around? But it didn't. I uh, really, really enjoy it. So yeah, this is a uh, damaged goods by Drop Oblivion.
Then they're just right. We're back. So we got two more smallish festies to talk about that we're going to continue talking before we get into the crux of the news. Uh, briefly, Arc Tangent, you know, made yeah. big big yeah, waves yeah, this yeah, year. Yeah. Announced their first headliner. Only one band, but it oh, was I, the fifth on the older. Uh... On the old social media. That's right, yeah. The biggest feed. um the biggest headliner to date, uh Mashuga. Mm. Um which, you know, of course, for them, massive headliner. Um I've been watching our tangent quite closely because uh, the lineup this year was really, really impressive, you know. Um yeah. particularly they share as you well, you already know, they share a lot of bands with Bloodstock and the likes of that. So there was a lot of bands that we caught at Bloodstock. Yeah. New Blood and all that that played it as well, you know. So that, that's what kind of obviously after the fact got yeah, my attention. Yeah. Had I seen it before I'd have probably been like, "What oh, the fuck is this lot?" Yeah. You know that kind of thing after the fact. But yeah, they've announced uh, Mashuga as their first ever first headliner for 2019 and their biggest ever headliner. Thoughts? I mean, we both we both have have the same thoughts on Mashuga. Yeah, completely capable band. Mm. Very little kind of inspiring coming from them. I think not enough to get excited about. Yeah, and no, I was like, you know, they absolutely capable, consistent, do what they do. But yeah, it just doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't like lift to another level. It, yeah, yeah. You know? It'll be interesting to see what the rest of that lineup looks like. But again, we'll be watching that one closely. Yeah. Amplified, though, on the other hand, went big. They went big and went, you know what? 49 bands. Yeah. At one hit. Um, which, considering my complaints earlier, I was like, whoa, you yeah. know? Um, but obviously, Amplified scale, I mean, we're talking, I, I don't want to make the presumption here, but I don't know, I'd say the quarter size of Bloodstock, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know what the size is, but I'd imagine, you know, this is why I'd expect, like, talking about them being a business, this is a good move, because this puts them all out there now. Uh, I, guess, I guess, in a way, what they've done is they've kind of hedged their bets, haven't they? Because they've, they've obviously already agreed with these bands that they're going to pay them X amount. So now they've got to sell the tickets, and now it's all about just selling the tickets. Yep. Yeah. You know? And one of their headliners um, is uh, Mushroom Head. Yeah, this is. I always find this one quite funny because mushroom, mushroom. There, there are two mushroom heads, aren't there? And um, this is mushroom head from the past that everyone kind of remembers. With right. The, the singer that we all, everyone loved, and everything. Like yep. That. And then there's modern mushroom head, which are quite a different beast, actually. Yep. You know, and uh, I've seen them quite recently. Of course. Um, very very different lineup to this one. Tell they, everyone they supporting insane clown posse. Um, and they were uh, they were brilliant. Yep. They were really really good. They have this dual drum thing going on. Uh, you know, like loom- illuminated water coming off it. And a really, yeah. really good visual, but musically really, really good as well. Quite heavy. And the fact that they've got the so they've got the actual drum kits, mm. and then they've got these other two people on these huge kind of bass barrel sort of drums. You know, so it's really, really pounding and like drum heavy music. Yeah. I um when it got announced, I watched a video from Mushroom Head like about Amplified, which I always love when bands do that. It was yeah. all like, "Hey, UK, we're coming back to and all that," but he used clips. In between them talking, so they're on a tour bus and the mask and all that. They look mm. cool as fuck. And then they were showing sort of videos of that stuff you yeah. described. And I was a bit like, oh, that looked like it. That would look like it would be fun. Yeah. Like, I could get on with that, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's not just, like, the visuals. Musically, that yeah, I, I thought they were great, actually. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any problem. And I, I remember going there, you know, for, for my shame or whatever, I was there to see Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> um, but Mushroom here being there was like a bonus. It was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, uh, I, I, watching them was a novelty for me. It was like kind of getting beers at the bar, pop my head in, see yep. what's going on. The crowd, like when they started off, were like you know fifty people interested, lots of people milling about. Yeah, and by two tracks in, the crowd was rammed. The pit was mental. Yeah, just you know, like, it, it's oh, proper. Cool. Yeah. Like shit. Okay, this isn't just a novelty from the past. <laughs> 
These are actually pretty cool still. Yeah, I mean, I've heard uh, you, you've talked, uh, obviously, when we talked about ICP and all that, you, you know, one of the things you do is highlight Mushroom Head, Mushroom Head, Mushroom Head. And that's why when I watch the video, I was so aware of it. And it's like, you know, because um, we're not, because we're not idiots, basically. We are, when I saw Amplified and I saw Mushroom Head headline, I didn't go, oh my God, they're a tiny fucking bad. I went, oh, that, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You know? Oh, it is cool. It is. Um, they're not a tiny band. In the, in, it's, always, in, it's in comparison, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, we're going to talk through, I guess, a few of the people. Well, I'd say here. pick and pick and choose some of the ones yeah. that jump out at you. Yeah, that won't be too hard on this first page because there's only a couple that jump out at me. Yeah, the really, red stripe uh, main stage. Yeah, so uh, Bloodshot Dawn, of course. Um, Mortis Head, who yep. we missed at Bloodstock because we were interviewing, I believe. Yes, they so were desperately the wanted to see. I think we both listed them as the one regret. One regret. <laughs> yeah, still um, stands. I'm not sure I'm overly fussed about seeing them, but Lawnmower Death, um, I'm aware of. Yeah. You know, without without, I'm not going to pretend I know like loads about them. I don't, but I'm aware of them. Yeah. So I guess they'd be a curiosity to me. Mm. And also the band underneath them, Seething Akira. Okay, yeah. Again, it's a name that like sticks out at me. You might stick out because I I did review that album a couple of months back in the site, Seething Akira. Oh, I was trying to see what that was. From this angle, I'm looking at it. It looks like TBC, but it's not. It's TRC. TRC. Yeah. I, I was thinking TBC is to be confirmed. No, no TRC. <laughs> Um, yeah, TLC is a cool band. Um, other ones, uh, the Rocket Dolls, great little band. Um, uh, that's probably about it. Maybe those damn crows I know of, but yeah. there's one that I'm going to ask you because I'm going to be straight up. Don't know who they are, and they're basically high up the fucking bill. And it's a spirit, the air, the air, the air. Do you know who uh, they are? No, I thought it was a brand of water. Actually, it's it's a little bit like that, isn't it? You, but no, I'm not sure who they are. No, no, I mean, doesn't. Doesn't Might just be something that hasn't hit this country yet because it looks like a French word. And it's but they're like you know you've mushroom head at the top and then you've the three yeah, lower yeah. bands which is Lorma Death on the Sunday I guess, yeah. um, Bloodshot on the Saturday and then it's Spirit the Air. Yeah. And you're probably listening to this going, oh you motherfuckers, that's like this yeah. band and so <laughs> on. Now if, if I was to take a wild punt at what kind of music they play, I'm gonna say it's kind of progressive rock. God, I wouldn't have a clue where to start with it. You know, just just going off the name could be completely wrong and they play the blackest of black metal. Yeah, but like. Progressive rock it goes. But yeah, the second stage, because they've already split these down the stages as well, and days. Very metal art stage. Mm. Um, this is, I guess this probably is going to have more to our taste, more than we recognise anyway. Um, it's basically like a lot of this festival is like the next step up for the New Blood stage last yeah. year, isn't it? Or, yeah. or, you know, then a couple from the Sophie stage, but yeah, a lot from the New Blood. Yeah, I mean, blood. Um, we've got Wretched Soul, Metastasis, Colibus, um, yeah. by Byzantian. Etherfield. Um, yeah, Damage Reich. Callus. Uh, it's it's a wide range. Valifar are there as yeah. well. Mage. These are uh, the men that will not be playing for nothing. There's it's a wide range on yeah. this one. Yeah. Um, definitely, if you're focused solely on the metal side of things, this is the stage you go to. Yeah. And then there's the, I guess, the small one, because it's called G's Bar. Yeah. Again, a few... Good names. Good names on here. Yeah. Uh, Sertraline or a band. Yep. Witch, like. Sorrow. Witch Sorrow. Blood Oath. Dawn of Anubis. Yep. Dawn of Anubis are there. Yep. Um, the Son of the Crown. Yeah. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's got a lot going for it. It has. Yeah. And that's Amplified. And where, where is Amplified? It is uh, Gloucestershire. 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 Oh. Sorry about that. Police car. Um, I can't. I'm sh it isn't Gloucestershire. I'm just trying to remember what the, the actual S. Yeah, there we go. Friday nineteenth. Yeah, Corey Downs, Gloucestershire. Friday nineteenth to the twenty first of July. You know, um, yeah. I don't know if like these are the sort of things because we'll be focused so much on Bloodstock. I don't know if these would be the kind of things that we would do as a um, a weekend. 
But like, you know, if I had a block of time over work oh. and it was a good day, you know, I would would consider like it worthwhile yeah, hotel yeah, the yeah. night, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. So like, these are the rise of these small festivals. The rise of the ones up in Carmen. There are more. There are more. There's one in Scotland. I can't remember the title of. It's got a pretty. Um, That's the one that we're decapitated. Where was that? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Last year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, over yeah, the wall, maybe I think it is, or something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. Um, north of the border, north of the wall, or something like that. But then um, there's a there's a fair few small, and yeah, it does run the risk of um, if we start in too many of these, that it becomes uh, what's the word you would use? Um, it becomes um, weird, saturated, saturated <laughs> market. Yeah, where suddenly there's too many, you know, because we are like, well, you know, it, we have obviously we haven't had any download big ones. We haven't had any download announcements. Um, you never ever know if if um. The guys from Sonosphere will be like, "Oh, fuck it, we, we feel confident yeah. we can throw it out this year and stuff like that." And then we also, yeah, Glastonbury's back, twenty nineteen. Although um, that doesn't take too much away from. No, it doesn't. Our but, area, they usually take one or two. Yeah, a handful. Yeah, you might, um, you might grab Slayer for their last appearance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we also Rambling Man as well. I mean, although yeah. we don't have massive crossover there again, yeah. there will be one or two. Yeah, you know. Um, so yeah, there is a, there was a risk of um, saturation. Yeah, yeah, there is. But I mean, I'll be totally honest with you. Other than the Rambling Man, we could actually, I'll, I'll be quite happy for one more small metal festival to make an appearance in in and around London. I know we get the Camden uh, sort of uh, what's it called, Camden Incineration Rocks. Fest, Camden um, Rocks. But when I, you know, Camden is actually still a little bit of a trek for us. Yeah. So we're kind of like something in north northwest Kent. Yeah. You know, and we get we get Maystone, the Rambling Man, but it's not exactly our taste. It's close. Yep. It's got rock and you know that in it, but it's not. You know, they try and push people like Chaz and Dave there sometimes. That's you know right. I mean? Yeah. Which isn't our taste at all. Absolutely. So yeah, if anybody out there is thinking about setting up a small uh, independent metal festival, like Dartford area, would be pretty sweet. Yeah, man, that would be <laughs> wicked. Something yeah. like you say, something like Amplified, like that yeah. that size, but like in our in our neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. I live opposite a massive fucking woods and cemetery. Let's do it there. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Cemetery. Fuck it. The gr- I've got a green, a massive green area up yeah. five minutes away. Do it there. Um, yeah. We're going to be up on festivals because fuck me. All we ever do is talk about festivals. But then because we do these so irregular, it's like every time we come along, like next time we do this, there'll probably have been bundles of yeah, download of yeah. announced. So we'll be going mad about those headliners as Ozzy Osbourne trapes out for another fucking <laughs> show and um, Metallica and so on. But we'll get to that. Yep. Right, third track to play you. We're going elsewhere now. Heavy again, continuing the trend. But this is uh, off a upcoming EP by Misanthropic... I'm, I'm not saying it right, am I? Misanthropic Aggression. From their e- upcoming EP, Inability to Cope. It's out on October 2nd, 2018 by, by Boris Records. Um, it's going to be recent cassette as well, actually, because it is already out. I should say that. You can pick it up digitally now, but it's the cassette that comes out on October 2nd. And we're going to be playing you a track from that now. It is a heavy fucking album. And the the name, the, it's in the name, Aggression. So pay attention <laughs> to that. Um, and this is Prove Yourself. Cause I don't fancy 
and we're back. Right, albums. Have you listened to anything worth talking about that you want to talk about, or do you need a a refresher? Yeah, let's refresh. Right, so a lot of this is all about coming out in the future, and we've checked out some of it's coming out quite soon. Now, I've talked about this band. In fact, we played a couple of tracks of theirs in the past on this podcast. Uh, the band is Soul Dissolution. They released Stardust, uh, one of the best albums of this actual year. And out of nowhere, they're dropping a two-track EP. Um, it comes out on October 18th, so quite a while away, I'm afraid. Sorry about that. But um, I want to tell you about it because I love this album when it's released. I love their style of um, post-black metal. And this EP, you know... It's, I would say as good as, because it's two tracks. So it's like, you can't really equate that to a eight track album and stuff like that. So, but fucking hell, this band is something special. Like this EP is fan-fucking-tastic. Can't recommend it enough. If you want to get an idea of what they sound like, I would go back to earlier these podcasts, check out the descriptions. I always put the title track, uh, what bands were playing in the descriptions. So you'll get an idea from there. But if not, just go fucking find the album out. If you've got a streaming site, it's there. It's called Stardust. They're called Soul Dissolution. Easy as that. Check it out. You'll love them. Um, one I'm very, very excited to talk about um, because I was so so surprised. That's the wrong word. Um, <laughs> I was surprised at how much I liked it. And it's out this Friday, Friday the 28th, and it's Evil Scarecrow's new album, Chapter 4, Antarctica. Um, yeah, got to say that one slowly. Because, well, you get used to saying it. Well, first time I said it, I was like, Antarctica, you know, <laughs> eventually get used to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, if you you know what you were scared for like already, you get a rough idea of what to expect. This is will defy expectations, I think. I think it's the best work they've done to date. It's got some of the most incredible tunes. There's only one track that stands out different from the rest. And we didn't have, well, it's Hurricaneado. But that's because that came out two years ago. Yeah. yeah and clearly, that's a single. Yeah, and clearly they grew in those two years. Well, there is... Don't, don't be under any impressions. The tongue-in-cheek, you know, fun side of Iwaskerka still exists. But to me, there's some real advancement in quality here, real step up. And um, there was a particular track I think I talked about in the video review. Again, go to YouTube. You can check that out um, in the video review. And it was, uh, what's call it, uh, The Ballad of Brother Pain. And it's such a silly little track, but it's so fucking well done that I end up singing it. So, I'm even singing it now in my head. I'm not going to fucking sing it. Um, but real lot of fun. They've got a 10 minute finale as well, which to me was like a culmination of like proof and how much they've developed. I think uh, it's re energized my interest in that band. Mm. So, when they announced their UK dates uh, a couple of months ago, because they're playing the UK, uh, actually, they're playing the UK throughout October and I think a little bit of November, and then there's nothing, and then they're back again in January, February kind of time, yeah. including a London show there. And originally, that said, it wasn't high on my radar. I'd seen it with a few times uh, at festivals, Bloodstock, um, and, of course, Bloodstock, what fucking else? Yeah. Um, and uh, I also saw them at like, Support Wednesday 13. Well, I only went to see them because I even left before Wednesday 13. I went to a pub. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I was either scarecrowed out. And I was like, okay, this is re-energized. Well, I'm now looking at that Electric Ballroom show. I'm thinking, there, that could be fun. That could be good. Particularly with these new songs. I'm pretty stoked for it. Although we've already played the tracks, we are going to play something else now. So before we move on to the next uh, other albums we want to talk about and other releases and stuff like that, I had the immense pleasure to have a phone conversation with the guitarist brother, Payne. Now, it has got a certain crap quality. It is a phone conversation. It is what it is. But I think it turned out really, really well, actually. When I listened back, I was like, oh, sweet, it's not so bad. Um, 
So listen, you can check that out now. Uh, it's basically 14 minutes of it. You can skip past it if you really don't want to hear it. But, but we just talk all things Evil Scarecrow about the new album. He's a very funny man, very welcoming, very friendly. You know, I'm not great. You, If you've seen my stuff, you'll work out that, hey, this guy isn't a natural interviewer. Um, so on. But like the more I talk to people like this, the more I start feeling more and more comfortable with it, and the more I get excited about it, you know, particularly once I get going. Um, so sit back, enjoy this um this this chat with Brother Payne. As said, if you don't want to listen to it, skip about 14 minutes in. Okay. <laughs> cool. Um right, so let's get started then. Um you want Brother Payne, of course, from Evil Scarecrow. Um you wanna do a brief, yeah. brief introduction about uh, your role in the band? I am the electric guitarist. I've been playing the electric guitar since I was First popped out of my mother's womb. Um, what else do we do? <laughs> High fives, general tomfoolery. Uh, been in the band as long as anyone else. So uh, even though I don't put much effort in, I still feel like I'm the. Uh, I've got some sort of inalienable rights over being an evil scarecrow. You know, longevity. It's like being one of the uh, someone in the house of the Lord. I've done my time. I'm going to sit back and relax now. Brilliant. Well, you say sit back and relax, but um, now now isn't the time to relax, right? Your fourth yeah, album is about right, to come yeah. out. Yeah, well, I've got what we've we got coming up. We've got the album release and yeah. the tour coming up. Uh, uh, just released a music video last week or the week before. A little music video released on Monday. Basically, not the top, but I don't really have to do as much as, say, the lead singer, Dr. Hell. Um, but yeah, it's still quite a lot. The, the tour is quite daunting. Hopefully, it'll do well. Yep. Um, Hopefully, all the, the albums will be well. I hope people will like it. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's um, yeah. It's been it's been five years since uh, Galactic Hunt, right? Oh, I think five years. Oh yeah. my word! Yeah. I was I didn't have a, I didn't have a child five years ago. I'm <laughs> a three year old. Yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> Got lots lots of stuff to do. Um, yeah, five years. We, we, we'd like to be more prolific, but it's hard really when we're all doing jobs and things, making any money. But yeah, five years. Another five years, and I'm in my 40s. Yeah, just keep people holding on. <laughs> well, see, yeah, you say that about, um, obviously, the length of time, and you've just got to get things sorted in your own personal lives and jobs and stuff like that. Obviously, yeah. you know, you're basically, arguably, the biggest name in metal with the sort of DIY ethos. It's kind of what def- sometimes defines you almost as a band nowadays. Is that still a choice? Are you guys still choosing to stay unsigned? Yeah. In a way, I think, I mean, the thing is that the offers have been given, I haven't been anything worth having with you, everything we've, everything's been offered to us, we can do ourselves anyway, uh, to a degree, probably not the same, to the same extent that Sony could do, if they wanted to sign us, this is Sony, uh, give me a call, um, <laughs> but, uh, it's just that, we, we've understood, we've been doing it for so long, we've understood that a lot of record labels, we just want to get you under their wing, and then, you know, everything you they spend on you to promote you, you know, to make back to them yeah. uh, before you start seeing any profit yourself. So we know that we might as well spend that on yourselves because then we're not owing it, any, owing it to anybody else. Uh, that's sort of the way. I mean, if someone offers us a massive deal and everything, we'd probably take it, but it's just, no one's really offers anything that we can't do ourselves. So that's probably the real reason why we're unsigned. And also maybe the other thing we should have done and can't sell anything that we could produce. Maybe that's it. Who knows? Maybe we're just too niche. If yeah. you wrote songs like David Guetta or, uh, who else is popular? Neil Pump. I've been listening to him recently. He's shit. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we start releasing songs called Gucci Gang, we could make our own 
person Gucci gang, like middle gang or oh, wow. gang or something. <laughs> so obviously, money. yeah, I mean, obviously, then because of that, you obviously rely so um, quite a lot on fans and like your fans, obviously supporting you via oh, totally, obviously buying yeah. the music and coming to the shows and stuff like that. Is that why with Chapter Four and Tartaka I can't, and Tata Artica, um, Pledge Music, you're using Pledge Music, right, to sell yeah, different yeah. variations of that. Yeah. Well, I just saw on the on Pledge Music today, so Robert Williams got a pledge on there, and Anastasia, and a few other people who I thought probably wouldn't do it. It seems everyone's sort of doing it now. It's just a good way of getting your costs up front before you invest loads of money and print a load of vinyl and CDs and stuff. And then thinking, oh, bollocks, I've got hundreds of thousands of pounds worth of, uh, of merch and things that no one wants to buy. Yeah. Way, you can get some money up front, and then it's a little less, little less risky. Obviously, they just take a bit of money from us, but that's fine, really. Yeah. It's an easy way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We had someone played some, from San Francisco the other day. Like, How the hell do they, have they heard of us? Some... some interesting what you said about word to mouth because um that's how that's how i i first heard about you you oh, know really? yeah, yeah i started hearing about um evil scarecrow you know obviously a lot of times it's like oh they're they're they're, they're funny they're a fun live band and stuff like that and it's like, okay cool check them out i think it was um uh crowfication was the first song i'd heard um and then we caught you at uh bloodstock 2014 i think it was i think you used it in your video for crebulon um oh well, yeah. yeah yeah and uh yeah, that was basically wow <laughs> for a lot of people. Obviously, you drew in <laughs> one of the biggest crowds of the weekend, and that word of mouth um, for yeah. yourselves. I've never seen quite such a buzz where people are talking about one specific band. Yeah, it's great. Really, I mean, we didn't expect that at all. We didn't know. We just don't know. We, we can't. We've got confidence in ourselves now to know that when we go on stage with a lot of people, we're ready to step up to the to the challenge and and get people involved and people enjoy it. But whether or not anyone's going to turn up, we think, well, have we played in, uh, where are we, uh, Summer Breeze Festival in Bavaria, last month, and uh, we've played in Germany a couple of times before, but, you know, you just think, who's going to come and see us? We were on at quarter past four in the morning. Yeah. So it was full, and it was, and everyone got into it, everyone really enjoyed it, and we think, at least people who saw us in uh, back in the year before, or just people just looked on the, on the Summer Breeze app and seen us and thought these looked funny. Who knows? We don't know. But, uh, I think when everyone, when everyone sees us, they go away and they get, oh, that was, quite good i i thoroughly enjoyed that yeah i, I think, think that anyway i do think a lot of it is like as um it seems to me like curiosity at first where like i said oh you've heard a cool stage show and maybe they've heard the old snippet of a song here and there like robotron or something like that and then they come along and go yeah. oh wow musically musically these guys are bloody great it's not you're yeah. not a joke band basically oh good thanks well, it's nice to hear that because we started this without really and we only did it to the band in the first place we're going to play that song we like heavy metal we like silly things and we thought we'll incorporate those two things together. But 
You um, almost feel like, particularly I think if you're like a, a Bloodstock, uh, Bloodstock Festival regularly, you feel like, um, you almost feel like you belong to certain fan bases, like you people desperately grip hold and like, don't, don't you dare say anything bad about our evil scarecrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is good, yeah, you just have the fans behind you that way, you can stick up to that. Because on, online, people, I mean, they don't mean, I used to, when I first started the band, they used to always read every review of everything you ever did, and, and see what they said, and, and see how quickly were no, I don't really read any views about anything anymore. Well, about us anyway. Yeah. Reviews about fans, about games that I might want to buy. But yeah, reviews about us, I don't really bother with. Because I know if it's bad, then, well, I don't know. Sometimes people don't like us because we just don't get the joke or we aren't serious enough. And that's fine. They don't like us because we don't think we're serious enough. And that is quite true because we aren't serious. Um, but, most people stick up for it. If it was a story of a scarecrow, a bunch of knobs, some of the final progressors, I'll leave it to them because they're loyal to us and we're loyal to them. Go fam. There. So, obviously leading up to chapter four, right? So, we had Hurricane Nado, uh, well, on, what, about two years ago now? And obviously, uh, they've just, it, yeah. yeah, they've just done a Polter Ghost, a video for that. Right. Yeah. Those videos, who, who comes up with those ideas and are they as fun to make as they are to watch? Um, I think Dr. Hell comes up with the ideas most of the time. Fun to make as they are to watch. I don't know. <laughs> it's difficult to say. It's sort of... There's a lot of that, that negative points to calling videos. There's just a lot of time being bored, stood around doing nothing. Uh, pain, agony, or physical pain, uh, <laughs> things like that. But there's fun to do with the band. That's a bit of a laugh. So I would say it's like it's in favour. It's more fun to watch it than actually participate in the video. Because now we're all so busy doing all, like, all this stuff going on. So you have two videos. We recorded all the footage with us band members in it for one day uh, in two different uh, locations. Because we had to get it all done for one day. So day we all stayed up together and whacked it out as fast as possible. It's like a long... Long old day of loading bands and loading bands. Yeah. Change, it makes it fun. It makes it off again. It's, it's, it's like, it really is like work. I mean, it sounds, you know, you, you just look at a band and you think, oh, look at them. It's having fun all the time. All they're doing is snorting coke, shagging hookers, <laughs> having a brilliant time. But in fact, I'm only doing that 50% of the time. The other 50% of the time, it's mostly work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'd say. So, no, I've fun to film video. Just get someone else to do it if you're in a band. Just get someone, some animator to animate something. Just sit home, start your and not in coke. That's more fun. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about then, um, I guess, the fun side of things, uh, I suppose, and if, if it is fun for you, you mentioned the tour. Um, oh, yeah. in the UK throughout October and January, January of 2019. Um, yeah. you, obviously, you've been doing this a while. I, I think I read 2002 was uh, Evil Scarecrow's Inception. Um, uh, what? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like, um, so you're back out on tour. It's been a while, playing some pretty big date, uh, pretty big locations in the UK, particularly like because we're London, so we've uh, only ever seen you in London. But this time around, you're doing the Electric Ballroom, um, yeah, which I think is we um, played on the last tour as well. I think, um, I think I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, we played Electric Ballroom twice before. I think, yeah, it's always good playing 
there. It's surprising. Like, you used to play gigs around London, like L3 and by Wickham and places like that. Yeah. But now we just play London and ignore all the small <laughs> Because uh, like everyone will come and travel to see us there. And yeah, it's great. We just sort of thought, hey, London's London. It's like a culture capital of, of the country. Well, one of them. So why would they be just us? But they think that have a good time down there. Festival is a good venue. The as well. Special room good. Riders good. So I'll give it 10 out of 10. Excellent, excellent, excellent. I think, um, I think one of the more memorable shows I ever saw you guys at was you supported uh, Wednesday 13 in... Uh, oh, yes, yeah, the garage. Yeah, that's right, the garage, yeah. Okay. I um, I run into, awkwardly, half-drunk, run into Dr. Hell in the toilet of all places. Where, oh, he's always hanging out there. Yeah, well, it's one of those really awkward moments where it's like, oh, hello, you're Dr. Hell and Evil Scarecrow. You guys rock. Thank you. Uh, yeah, we're in the toilet. <laughs> Can't really say much more. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah, you... Yeah, it's not um, too long. It's a bit weird. Yeah. So, show-wise, I think I read you. You guys have said you're going to be bringing out quite a new couple of new different ideas for the stage show on this tour. Is yeah. that right? I would like to tell you about it, but I two reasons. I don't want to spoil it, and uh, the other reason is I don't really know what it's going to be. It's like it's a surprise to me. Uh, mm. Our tech guys, Dean and Russ, and sometimes Dave, they build all this stuff for us, and. Bring it out, like, and the first time I see it, often is is that gig. You're not lost. Maybe do the warrior outfit and the robotic nail or whatever. Yeah. And I've I've not seen any of this. And every now and again, Dean will send me a picture. Go look at this, mate. Look at this. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I'm very good at making this kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't really know. Yeah, there will be a new stage show because we can't just bring out the same old knackered old blue Peter Dross. Yeah. Yeah. Year. But I don't know what's gonna be like, mate. It's gonna be. It's going to be good. I can guarantee you that because now Dean and Russ are trained on pyro as well. So that's Ooh. another string to the bow. So fire, probably, uh, probably a volcano might be on stage. Uh, <laughs> it could be anything, mate. Anything, anything your mind can comprehend, I we think, can bring on stage. And you've given two good reasons. That you're given two good reasons, as I said, not knowing, and it's a nice surprise because that's one of the always benefits of seeing you guys live is being surprised. Yes, yeah. Right, I've seen so, some bands play before and they've done the tour and they come back and play the same set and they do the same thing. Yep. Saying, oh, come on, you can't do the same. We, we have done that as well in the past, but it's nice to have something fresh and different every time. Oh, yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah, nothing worse than a rehearsed thing that you've seen over and over and over again. Unless you're already 50 years into the career, Judas Priest style, yeah. then you can yeah. get away with it. Yeah. So you, um... You are bringing Ten Foot Wizard out with you, and I think I read that you're a big fan of Ten Foot Wizard, right? Oh, I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah I first saw Ten Foot Wizard playing at a venue in Nottingham, like a it was a what's it called? I don't remember an underground sort of gig thing, and they were my mate's band, yeah, uh, Widows, and they were doing brilliant. I, did, I mean, Gary, the singer, he blew me away with his stage presence. In fact, all of the band were great, and. Uh, as a result, I then put them on myself at uh, a venue where I live, North Salem House. Um, and yeah, I've got to know the guys really well. Uh, yeah, I think they're brilliant. I'm so glad Central Wizard are supporters. And I'm, I'm glad I can genuinely say that rather than going, oh, yeah, I'm a really big fan of uh, cheese cats. Sort of <laughs> uh, yeah, I like, <laughs> like to talk about them that I actually really do enjoy and um, so I see. So if anyone's going to come and see us, if anyone's listening to this now, and can come and see us. Be sure to come and see Temple Wizard as well because they are brilliant, yeah. really, really good. I'm not, I'm not just saying that they are, they are really, really good. No, when you can actually get behind. A lot. 
Yeah, yeah, they are. They're great. Covered in tits. That's one of their songs. You got a bit better than that, can you? A song about being covered in tits. <laughs> So, right, we're going to wrap this up with one question. I already know the answer because you're not going to be able to tell me anyway. But, oh, okay. but, um, it's been a couple of years since you've been at Bloodstock. How's 2019 looking? I, it's been a couple of years, isn't it? Uh, I can't confirm or deny any particular of course. Uh, thing that may or may not be happening at Bloodstock next year. And I've got sort of a genuine truth, I think, but I'm not exactly sure, uh, I don't really know. I'm basically a guitarist. Start asking some uh, train driver what what you think of what's going to happen with the privatisation of the rail service next year. Yeah. He's going to know. He's just some cog in a big machine, which I am as well. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I just don't complain. So don't listen to anything I say. It's all just made up on the spot. So we might wait the next year. We might not. I don't know. Yeah, if I guess if you want Evil Scarecrow to play Bloodstock 2019, just keep hammering away at those on, on online towards the organisers, right? Well, I would say just buy loads of our merchandise and give us money in envelopes, unmarked bills. That'd be amazing. That's, just, that's probably going to help us the most. That, money, 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 money. That's a great, great idea. Yep, give money. <laughs> right, so on to the albums that we were talking about recent albums so a couple that um i guess a couple that didn't surprise me so much because i've been reviewing the singles yeah i just want to like touch on them because um they might surprise some people the new deicide oh right yeah yeah overtures of blasphemy Mm. is fucking brilliant yeah like really 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 good and wildly accepted widely yeah it seems to be the general consensus everywhere it's like damn you know a band that maybe you know you know them from the past They've had a few, they've had a lot of albums out and a few in between that have done well and a few that have just come completely under the radar. Mm. I guess you're one of those bands you don't necessarily think have much left to kind of impact on. Yeah. But yeah, it's fantastic. It's one of the best death metal albums of the year. Really? Easily. I haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, I, I had a feeling it was going to be because I reviewed two or three of the singles in the build up to it. And, uh, you know, both of them, like the first one I listened to, like that kind of blew me away. I was like, shit, wasn't expecting it to be that good. Mm. It re- it's really modern sounding, you know. It's quite progressive, death, which isn't something you necessarily associate with them. Um, the other one that really blew me away, and I, like they're a band that I know a lot of people talk about, but I had no interest in them because I had incorrectly stereotyped them in my head, and that is Pig Destroyer. Okay. So they released an album called Head Cage. Yep. Relatively recently, again, I can't remember exactly when. A week ago, maybe two weeks ago. Seventh of September. Um. It's like 12 tracks, 30 minutes long. Uh, and I kept skipping past it going, I know it's what, you know, you, in your head, it's going to be pure grind. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, was I would think. So, I mean, it is sometimes, but it is, it is so, it's really quite unique, actually. It's mm. got so many like different elements in it. It's quite progressive. It's quite technical. There is a, there are moments of melody. It's clever. And, and I come out of that like 31 minutes and I, and I remember thinking like, I know I like this because all I did is press like to start again. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. shit. That went so fast. That was really good. Start that again. I want to check that out again. Yeah. You know? So in my car journey, I remember I was driving to work and I got stuck in traffic. So it took me about like two hours to get there. And I just listened to that album three, four times on a loop. And I was, yeah, I was really, really blown away by it. So well done. Fantastic album that you should check out. Yeah. Um, one other one, which I was... There's a couple of, one I'll very, very briefly touch on, which was the latest Suicidal Tendencies 
Oh yeah, yeah. Kind of album called Still Psycho Punk after all of these years. Yeah. It's a little while back now, you know, but we haven't done one of these for a while. But yeah. that was um Yeah, that was like a it's kind of, it's kind of a collection of songs that the uh, band had recorded while they were on like hiatus and all this sort of stuff or, or whenever they did solo stuff, you know. And then they put them together, revamped them as, as suicidal tendencies, and put them out. Yeah, they're pretty shit, man. To be totally honest with you, I think they were really, really good songs, but it was so like lacking in attitude and everything. It sounded like pop punk nearly all really? the way through. I was really disappointed by it. Yeah, because you don't expect I that expect from them. Like, you know, it's kind of attitude. <clears throat> but it's, it's so like jazzy and clean and upbeat, and then it's just like, oh, give it up. Yeah, yeah. There are a couple of songs on there that were like pretty cool, but for the most part, I was like, I went into it expecting, I don't know, some sort of like hardcore. Almost kind of, fight songs. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. And I come out of it thinking like, oh, <laughs> I best go and colour me missus. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but one that was the complete opposite of that around the same time that came out was from a band called Christian. Um, the album was called Scourge of the Enthroned. Okay. Um, a band that I'm not uh, familiar with pre this album. Mm. Uh, and then found out that they've been around since the 90s. Um, Brazilian death metal band. No, I'm they not familiar at all. Three Brothers. Okay. There have always been three brothers. You know, there's been people that have come and joined, left again, but they've been a trio pretty much predominantly the whole career. Yeah. Good 10, 12 albums in their catalogue. So, you know, they're a band. I'm surprised I haven't come across them at any point. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that, that again, you know, if you want some straight up, no fucking about, very, very, very heavy, dark, black, black and death kind of metal. Yeah. Like, it's a fantastic album. And the very last thing that I'm going to touch on, with a little less love, is... is um. The uh, latest Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, TV brilliant! Release. Yeah. Oh, before you get it, did you read yeah. that they had to? Yeah, that's what I was one of the yeah. things I was going to bring up. So there's, there's a weirdly enough, right? So I, I didn't know. I don't know enough about Avenged Sevenfold to know fanboy stuff. Right. So when I listened to it the first time round, it was just four new songs. Right. But I remember listening to it, thinking like it sounds odd. It sounds like four songs from different eras. Okay. So I looked into it a bit more, and it is. Oh. So, the, all the songs are the songs that Avenged Sevenfold have written for uh, Call of Duty. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah. They're obviously, they've got quite a tie-in with, um, I, can't, I, I think it's Treyarch. But it maybe, must be the new, well, I don't know who's doing it, yeah. Yeah, whoever it is that does <clears> it. Uh, specifically, I think it's with the uh, zombie mo's on right. in, in Black Ops or whatever, whatever that comes in. And over the course of their last 10 years, mm. they, they basically provided a song for almost every Black Ops version with... It does ring the, a bell. It does ring a bell. The main song, Black Rain, is the only real new song on this because that's going to be in the next version of Black Ops, Black Ops 3 or whatever. Right. So Black Rain is the one that I listened to on this album and I thought, that is shocking. <laughs> really? Which, is, which, which I thought was quite interesting because when I did the history on it, it was recorded around the same time as, as a stage, Ooh. which, as you know, I think is shocking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's also the one that they've come out and said, uh, yeah, there's something not... Everyone's complained about it. And then they've said, yeah, we're not happy with it either. So there's a new mixed slash yeah. mastered version of it coming out on Monday that will instantly be replacing everything in your phones. Right. Which is quite interesting that, because you would assume they'd listened to it beforehand, yeah. thought that it was okay, pushed it out, everyone went, that shit. And they went, yeah, yeah, we agree. Yeah, we agree. We're not happy yeah. with that. Fucking do something about it. Great. Yeah, like surely you would have known. Yeah, more cowbell. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh my God. It reminds me of that peep show sketch. Yeah, that's the what fucking, yeah. Need more claw and gate. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, Oh, wow. it was quite, I thought it was quite interesting, the whole um, EP review for me, because, as you know, I don't hate Avenged Sevenfold, mm. and I've got no desire to dislike them. They're one mm. of those bands that I kind of like. I like some stuff from theirs, but I like it predominantly from the City of Evil, 
slash Event Sevenfold albums. Yeah. Where, so the two track uh, and, and I like a few songs on Nightmare. And then after that, I'm out. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. But um, a few the two tracks in the middle on this, which I really really liked. One was recorded around the Nightmare time. And right. One was recorded around the City of Evil time, which I didn't know beforehand. But I went through and I was like, don't like that first one. Then two in the middle are pretty good. The third one's just a fucking mess. Right. Great music, but. I'm not sure what they're doing. It's kind of where it's, where it's recorded for a video game. It plays like, it comes in with these really crazy drums and, and, and guitars and then it stops, right? But it doesn't stop for a millisecond. It stops for about 10 seconds. And I was like, is it done? Because <laughs> it's like four minutes to go yet. I was like, there ain't going to be four minutes of fucking silence. <laughs> then it comes back in with like a whole kind of different instrumental. And then it goes for about a minute and then it stops again for about another 13 seconds. And it does that all the way through the song. So it's like snippets, I guess, that were built for maybe bits of the game. Yeah. That they've tried to put into a song, but rather than blend them together, they've left like a 13 second gap in between oh each God. bit. It's the weirdest shit to listen to. It's like, oh, this is really, really good. It stopped. One, two. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a cutscene happening here? right now. Well, whose idea was that? Yeah, that's fucking Take weird. The, at least bring the gap down to one or two seconds. Yeah, maybe. like if you're going to do that. But yeah, so <clears> there you go. That was it. That's pretty much, um, other than, you know, a few, a few singles, but. Won't go into all of them. We'll be here. Yeah, we'll be here all night. fucking night. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to touch upon a few. As I said, some of it, uh, like we said already, some of it's either not out yet and coming out, which is why you should be listening to paying attention to what we're saying, or some of it's out already and we've just got views on it. I want to touch upon one that was really surprised by. Now, you know, obviously we get a lot of lot of stuff sent through to us. A lot of the time, we've never even heard of these bands. It's like, cool, check it out. A lot of the time, it's all most of the time perfectly solid good or whatever whether it really steps up and notices and one that stood out for me was uh, by a band called Lizzie's not the Lizzie's Lizzie's they're a Spanish group um, three females one male um, and they're with the second album it's called On Thin Ice it's out on the 5th of October via the Sign Records now if you know the Sign Records you kind of get a rough idea of um, what kind of music they tend to release anyway. They tend to release this lean more towards the rock side of things, uh, progressive rock and stuff like that. But what I loved about the Lizzie's, and you can tell just by the cover, that this is, this is it's so steeped in 80s. Like, I used the reference that it could be the soundtrack to Netflix's Glow. Have you what, ever seen Glow? I know what it is. Right, it's amazing. Watch Glamorous Glow. Ladies of Wrestling or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, from uh, based off the real life thing. Yeah. Well, at least it was based off, and now it's got its own story. But yeah, do what, check out Glow. It's fucking great. Um, and it's, it's you know, that makes you go, well, it's going to sound dated. It fucking doesn't. This is a great album. I absolutely love it. Enough that when I, I, I when I saw they were playing London, I was like, oh shit, I want to check that out. So that's Lizzie's damn good album. Um, Clutch. Clutch released their latest album. I can't remember what it is. Oh, fuck, I put the woman up. Um, I think it's like their 11th album. Oh, no, maybe that's too many. Uh, might not be their 11th album. But yeah, Clutch's latest album is uh, Book of Bad Decisions. Again, not The. Why do you keep leaving off The? It's just Book of <laughs> Bad Decisions. And it's um, people, a lot of people love this. I mean, everyone loves this. Um, it's their 12th studio album. There it is. Uh, first since 2015, Psychic Warfare. And I am a Clutch fan. I've seen Clutch loads live enough that I decided to take a break from seeing them live. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. Um, but what my issue with this is, it's like, it doesn't change the formula enough. And I'm not, I'm not asking for Clutch to do anything massively different. What I'm saying is, to me, it can never be a 9, 10 out of 10 album if it's basically, oh, it's Clutch. And they do it really, 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 really well. They yeah. are very good at it. But like, at the end of it, I'm like, cool. Cool clutch album. Good clutch album. Yeah. That's the, it. It's like the Meshuga complex we were talking about. Yeah. It? yeah, that's basically what it is. And people love it. People are like, oh, it's fantastic. Best clutch album in years or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, it's a really good album. I just think I, it is a really good album. If you're a clutch fan, you're going to be very, very happy with it and so on. But for me, I look around and I think, 
man, there's a lot of people doing a lot of good stuff. Uh, do you get away with coasting anymore? I'm not so sure if you do, you know, and that's what it is for me. Um, talking about not coasting, though, uh, aborted a new album, Terrorvision, their 10th new album. Um, I've never really been that much into aborted. Uh, I can't say I know enough about them. So I went and just going, well, they're a death metal band. Yeah. It'll be death metal. Fucking hell. This is one of the best death metal records of the year um, for me. Um, incredible, credible album. It's out now as well. It literally came out last week. So you've got no excuses. And if you're really unsure, you can read our review on the site. But you can also check out a video review with yours truly talking at you. Um, it's fantastic. It's just one of those brilliantly heavy, but catches. It's like it's it just gets in your head. I, I loved it. I absolutely love it. It sticks to a death metal formula, but in that way, that's just so much more appealing. I mean, we get so much death metal. Death metal is probably the most oversaturated genre we have now. I feel. Yeah, at the moment, definitely. Yeah. Another great album that was surprised that I really ended up enjoying was the new album from Court Piccolani. Um, it's Cult Kaja. Um. It's, well, the folk metalers. We don't yeah. get enough folk metal. That's what we don't get enough. So when this came away, it was, oh, really cool. 14 tracks long. That's the probably only major negative I can throw at it. When I saw 14 tracks, I went, oh, God, I hope some couple of them are instrumentals. Yeah. And it isn't really. And, like, there are very few albums, I think, out there where you can go that length and not be, like, yeah, one or two. And it is the same with Corporate Klein's new album. It's a great album. It's been out a couple of weeks now. So, um, and... Um, yeah, it's a great folk metal album. Um, they uh, they were they're playing with Tour Assessor next year, yes, and originally I wasn't too up for it because of the price, and I wasn't really in a Corpaclani. New albums, me go oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm game now, you know, because of that. Um, and last but not least, no, that is actually about album. I was going to talk about uh, live. Have we? Have you seen anything live since Bloodstock? Have you been out? I don't think. I think it's all know, pretty quiet. No, I haven't been. I've, I've, basically been working yeah yeah it's it is, it's day, been a, every night <laughs> it's been a few quiet weeks really um it's yeah. gonna start building up again i think uh yeah well i did one i've done one which is going to be one of the most oddest things that people are going to hear from me um that i went to do and uh it's the front man of bowling for soup jarrett Red reddick he does does this uh solo acoustic tour the second time he's done it, it's called heartache and hilarity this one was called heartache and hilarity too and the whole concept behind it is basically uh, acoustic uh storytelling story sharing acoustic versions of bowling for soup songs and stuff like that um he was supported by i can't quite remember the name uh the dolly rots the dolly rots um and i walked in about halfway through the dolly rots thing um i didn't really well i'm going to bring up a major issue uh, that i touched upon in a review but i'll bring up here as well so it was at the Dingwalls. You ever been to Dingwalls? Nope, never been there. Tiny venue, tiny ass venue. It's one of the small ones, of course. Um, I'd only ever been there once to watch. Um, shit, what do they call it? Fuck, what do they call it where they take their clothes off, but it's not stripping? What? <laughs> yeah, it's not stripping. It's classier than that. Classier than stripping. Fuck, like, burlesque. Like burlesque. <laughs> that's it. I'm trying to think of the fucking thing. Yeah, not classy, stripping. Classy stripping. Well, that's kind of how it is, really. You know, to a degree. You know, you know, tassels and shit like that. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah, I saw a burlesque show there, so it was a very different kind of setup. And I walked in, and it was busier than I expected, but not mad busy. Um, and it was like, a, what's it called? Um, basically, it was half seating, half standing. So there's an upper area behind the mixing desk and all that where you stand. And then you go down a few steps and there were seats. All those seats were taken. Yeah. Of course they were. You had to be at the start. Fair enough. And it clearly is the first come, first served. So no problem. 
But if you got stuck at the back, you had a problem. And the problem was people talking. Now, bear in mind, this is an acoustic show where these Bob Dolly Watts was doing it as well, where they finish a song and tell a story about the next one. That's what they were doing. And I barely heard a word of Dolly Watts because there was a lot of chat at the back, which kind of said to me as well that people weren't interested in Dolly yeah. Watts. Fair enough. No big deal. Everyone's there for Jarrett, right? They were, the tickets were £28. So you had to be, right? Fucking hell. We must have moved position 10 times because there were few, and it's not everyone at the back who during Jarrett decided that was the time to have full-on conversations. He'd be talking on stage and these people wouldn't shut the fuck up. At one point I was in the toilet and I got told that people shushed them. Actually shushed them yeah. and stuff like that. So fucking, who the fuck came on to that show and went, you know what? I'm just going to talk all the way through it. An acoustic storytelling. Now, thankfully, as I said, I did get to see loads of it, uh, watch most of it. And uh, I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it. He's a very, very charismatic and entertaining man. Yeah, I was surprised too, to be honest, because I've got no time for Burning for Soup. Yeah. Or the Dolly Rots. No offence or anything. I stay so far from my fucking cup of tea. It's unreal. I've yeah. seen I've seen Burning for Soup live. Uh, yeah, and I don't think I, I can't really remember an awful lot about it. But I don't remember enjoying the moment of it. The same here. I'm not a fan of Bowling for Soup at all. So like, um, but it was it was interesting to hear songs I vaguely knew. There was nothing played that I really knew, but he's I enjoyed his talking more than anything else. And um, uh, it was uh, my first time taking the new camera out to take pictures. And you know, lessons learned. I, I I was a little bit too conservative. I decided in the end. So like, you know, I got told a certain rule. You know, no yeah. flash, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, this camera has a light in the front. And I decided, you know what, maybe I should turn it off as well. Probably should have left it on, you know? So, like, but it was really kind of fucking cool. Like, I was like, because uh, I'm nervous about this shit. I'm like, oh, you know? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, oh, fuck it. Let me go down there. Let me walk down to where the sort of seated area is. And I went down halfway and kneeled down. And then I was kind of just waiting. There's a point where he was just talking. I was like, I'm going to wait till he starts playing the guitar. And then I'm going to start trying to take pictures. And it was yeah. really fucking cool. Yeah. One of the most exciting things I've done. It's a great extra bow to our string once yeah, you no, get used cool. to it. Yeah. You know? Yes, like anything, it's new at the moment. Mm. I'm sure at some point you'll turn into one of those dicks where you're walking standing in front of everybody trying to get a picture. They're, they're, get I, out of the way, I'm a cameraman. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I should be doing the same for Avatar and Hellstorm yeah. on Friday at Brixton. Right. So that should be, or yeah, Friday. So that should be a brand new experience because yeah. that's a bit different, but, you know, that whole front area. Yeah. So that should be cool as fuck. Um, but yeah, I, I wanted to mention because I, I, I came away very happy with it. I was like, oh, that was actually really, really good. Yeah. Um, he's a very interesting man. I, I, I you know, I, 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 the the issue with the talking and shit like that isn't his fault. No. That's dickhead. That's very much very that. little you can do about that. There isn't. There isn't really much you can do about that. No. I we, guess the one the one other, um, although we weren't actually there, the yeah. one other show we should quickly just touch on as well because we did have, we call them representatives of the site. Yeah. <laughs> who went for us. And there will be a review of it going up, um, which was uh, Friday night just gone. So for, I can't remember what the date was. Friday the 21st. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, Windrose, Dwarven Metal. Mm. Uh, they played at the Black Heart in Camden, and we have had it reported back to us that it was very that good. it was very very good. Yes, very enjoyable. The band were very uh, nice, very friendly. Came out and talked to everyone, signed the merch that had been bought mm. afterwards. You know, and uh, yeah, it was a really really good show. So well done, Windrose. Yeah, and just keep an eye out coming forward because it is beginning to power up now. Um, I think I've got three more weeks of work and then I've basically got a massive block off. And I have a lot of things booked in for that. Some of it's odd. Some of it you really like, what the fuck? Like video games live. I don't mm. know what you'd think of that. but <laughs> Yeah, it's not for me. Um, I have enough time trying to play video games at home, never mind uh, 
down the concentrating the soundtracks on oh, so, the soundtrack the soundtrack to video games for me as a six year old going dad I want to watch Nickelodeon <laughs> <laughs> right we're going to wrap this podcast up with uh, one more track but also what we talked about once before is the big question where I asked Brendan a question and I expect a really really decent answer always always so controversial maybe but well this one should be less so it's more of you basically saying what the fuck you would want and it's basically what do you want now we're talking band merchandise here and I'm going off um I was sorting out my t-shirts earlier on. Yeah. I have too many and I was like, let me pull this apart. I'm not wearing off these. Let me put some away and keep the ones I want to wear and stuff like that. And it was a mix of like, particularly this year at Bloodstock, where I was like, that's really good. And I was other ones I was like, mm, that's all right. And it's like, what, what, what is the drop? What do you use? What, what makes a good t-shirt? What more do you want from merchandise? You've talked previously what you love about pre-orders. Yeah. And that's, that's a similar thing that would go down. down. Mm. Is this a question now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in general. Okay. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. Right. Firstly, there is a balance on this because I am aware that when a band make merch, they're making it for a general populace, all of which will have different requirements. So oh. there is a okay. there is an e- effort that has to be made. Oh, fuck the band. world. We're talking about you. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Because I want the bands to, to sell their merch. That's the thing. Right. I want them to be able to sell their merch. And if they make only what I like, there's a high possibility that nobody else wants to buy a fucking stuff. <laughs> uh, I, I, and I think a lot of metalers these days, and actually maybe music fans in the other genres, you know, outside of popular culture. You know, I know people that still listen to music from the 80s, they're collectors, and I'm a collector. Yep. You're a collector. Uh, I, we, me and the wife together, we have some vinyls. Mm. You know, we have lots of, like, signed things. A big thing for me is now, bands are obviously having to push merch further and further. Yep. And that's a great thing, because they make more money from the merch, especially if they're managing managing it themselves. Yep than they do from making music, which is a weird way that we've kind of fallen into, you know, but it is what it is. Um, T-shirts are a given, but the T-shirts for me, uh, I think we both agree that wherever possible, stick a date on the back. Yep. I think that makes it much more sellable. Massive. I want to, you know, I was there that year, that venue, that date, that year. That's what I want. I want the tour there, basically. Um, I'll jump in and say the only reason I bought an airborne t-shirt when I saw them play the forum many many years ago was because they did a special t-shirt that was called Friday the 13th the specific one date on the back it was a special only that show t-shirt mm. you know I would never buy airborne merch yeah. but I bought that t-shirt because I was like that's fucking cool but for me I like a, I like a bit of variety as well that's the thing yeah stay in the t-shirt for a second right? one thing with the t-shirts for me I'm, I am so fucking boring it's unreal um, I do not want a mad tie-dye multicolored shirt. Okay. I really don't. I don't want one that's been designed to look like an American ice hockey shirt. <laughs> I don't. I just want a black t-shirt. You know, with something interesting on the front, but it doesn't have to be all fucking ballistically crazy. Like someone shot me with a paintball. Paintball, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Just like put your logo there, put an emblem there, put an image there. That's all right. Black fucking white logo. Dates in the back, job done. I'll be all over that. I love that. Yep. You know, I'm actually put off sometimes by the t-shirt, which is, you know, a whole front square piece, which is bits all over the place. And, you know, I I look at that and I think, no, I don't really like that, to be honest. I'd rather just have a logo. I'll jump in and say, and that say, that, well, that that one's not off put onto me. I'll give you an example of the t-shirt style that is becoming a bit more in vogue because Machine had done them recently now as well, which is the all All over. over. That looks disgusting. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that either. Um, so t-shirts are absolute must and I think that'll always be the lifeblood of everything yeah. for the metalers yep. you know I do wish 
the bands would like look at what metalers do and bring more of it to their shows, like patches. For Christ's sake, mm. not every band brings patches. As yeah, it's a I weird mean, sell one. patches. They're stolen. People will pick up patches off you. Yeah, you know, they're sold. Yeah, you. especially for the smaller bands where it's maybe not easy to go out and get a hundred t-shirts printed. You know, you look at like the New Blood stage and stuff like that. I'd have picked up patches for the mm. bands like we saw there and checked out. But um, I do like a little bit of variety, and I think Windrose are probably a good example of doing it well. So they bought vinyls. Yep. You could buy their album there, but you could buy it on vinyl there. Yeah. The most recent album called Stone Him. Now, not only did they sell you the album, but they also came down afterwards and signed them for the people who, who bought the album. That's it, yeah. Now, you stick a signature on anything, I'm fucking all over that. Yeah. I'm interested in it. You know, I don't care if it's Britney Spears or whatever. Well, I do well, you do. No, fuck that. I'll <laughs> I'm Britney Spears signature. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's like, we're talking about with the pre-orders and what people do a pledge campaign yep. a lot of the stuff is about buy our album for this much or have it signed I'm thinking looking at that I'm thinking like five quid extra for a signed CD yep. absolutely I ain't going to be going, looking at your 13 quid one no of course your 18 quid yep. one I, imagine, I might be wrong but I imagine a lot of people are doing that I think so yeah now, if I'm at your show here's the thing right this is the thing I think right if I go to your show the chances are I know you unless I'm there for the site and we've been asked to go uh, I'm often at, at a gig because I know the band and I like the band. Yeah, you've and that means to be I've there. either already got your CD or I've downloaded it and I've heard it 20 times or 30 times. Yeah. So I'm very <laughs> unlikely to buy your CD at a show. Yeah. Very unlikely. But I may buy it on vinyl or I may buy it if it's signed or I may buy it on cassette. Yeah. Because that's another thing that's kind of made a little bit of a classic comeback. Cassettes, yeah. You know, so if you go to a show and you've got a couple of t-shirts and a load of CDs, I'm I'm not, I'm not going to buy your CD. I've probably already got it. Yeah. You know, so you've got to bring stuff there that's maybe that maybe people can't buy online. Mm. You know, from Amazon or eBay. You know, bring your patches that maybe aren't on there. Bring some badges. Bring some coasters, some vinyl, some record slips, you know, slip mats. You know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Powerflow. I went to see them, and um, they had like uh, baseball caps and all stuff like that there that I was really keen to get, but it all sold out. It's a good, you know, good plan. T-shirts, CDs. Baseball caps. Every baseball cap is gone. Because that's something that's yeah. different. And that's why everyone's like, oh, I have a baseball yeah, cap. Yeah, yeah. You know? <clears throat> so, yeah, I think um, I think some bands are doing it. They're branching out and doing things a bit differently. Yeah. I think Windrose bringing vinyls. I don't know if they brought CDs as well, but the fact that they brought vinyls and the vinyls were selling and then they were coming down and signing, actually. Yeah. I think that's a great idea there. You know, didn't come and sign everything prehand. People bought them. Then, you know, if you, if you hung about, the band came down and they signed stuff for you. But yeah, like just stuff a little bit different. That's what I kind of look for now. I'm looking for stuff to collect. Um, I quite like the. Uh, you don't really get bands doing this, but you know where you get like um, maybe like the tour poster signed yep. by the band. You know, I, you don't really see anyone ever sell that. Like a little, I don't know, an A4 version of the tour poster signed by the band. I'm glad you said that because I was going to pay for that. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to add to that. As I actually agree with you on that front as well. Why aren't they doing that? As I said. I don't know, let's say those tour posters are five quid a pop, everyone's all the band side yeah. already as part of the merch store. <coughs> Man, but things like that. Make, like printer ink. Exactly. And <laughs> go 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 a bit further than that. Like be imaginative. And like one of the things I was thinking of, like again, five quid a pop, everyone signs it, is the fucking set list. Mm. You know the set list beforehand? You ain't gonna have it out before they start. No. While they're playing, that comes out. Yeah. And if you want to pick that up, a fucking laminated set list that everyone signed as well for Fiverr, that's yeah. cool as fuck. You know, so I, I get why I do completely understand why for a lot of bands it's always bring the CD, bring the T-shirts, bring this down the other because that's the stuff they already have made, and that's the stuff that can be made in bulk pretty quickly. Because yeah. there are companies that are already doing that, and maybe sometimes getting this kind of custom merch done is a little bit more difficult or a little bit harder to do, or maybe just purely a little bit more effort. You know, so 
I understand that they can't just go out to a hundred different suppliers and get a load of random shit done and then hope they sell it. But I do think these days metalers are becoming collectors. Yeah. And if they feed that, they go, what are people collecting? We know people collect vinyls. We know that. We know people collect signatures. Mm. You know? And yeah. if you stop focusing in on that sort of thing, you know, cassettes are, are, are a thing again now. Cassette with a, a signed inner sleeve. I'm not saying you bring a thousand of them to a gig. We're saying is you bring your hundred t-shirts, bring your hundred CDs, bring ten of the other things. Yep. Pretty sure that most of those other things will be gone by the end of the night. The other thing as well, I would also suggest, and this is a uh, people might say, well, you shouldn't be charging for this sort of thing, but I think um, I've noticed it more and more is um, stubs. Stubs are becoming a little bit harder to keep on to nowadays. Mm. Um, if you haven't already got a ticket and stuff like that, but sometimes you know if you, you do if you did um, if you were buying a ticket, say for the Black Heart. Yeah. You cannot get a physical ticket. It's always online. It's always a printed piece of paper that you've got yourself and so on. So why not recreate stubs? Again, signed yeah. for two quid. That kind of thing or something like that. Some, just something, I say, for the collectors. Yeah. That's what I think is to collect. So I love fucking collecting stubs. It's one of my favorite things to collect and so on. So like when I don't get one, like I didn't get one for Jarrett because I was on a guest list. I got a fucking mark with a pen yeah and i was a bit like oh for fuck's sake you know even though i was there for free i still wanted to be able to when i look back from my folder be like of oh, course cool, you know because you do end up forgetting a lot of this shit and stuff yeah. like that you know it's cool as fuck yeah you do but yeah so i guess the answer really is just more imaginative right yeah, pay attention just, to trends yeah pay attention to trends just um turn the t-shirts down a little bit just a little bit Turn the prices down a little bit if you like, but I understand you need to make some money, so that's yeah. okay. I'm not going to complain too much. However, I do understand that if you put a, a t-shirt in that's got mad colours all over it, all up the sleeves, all up the back of it, with no dates on it, and then try and charge me 40 quid for it, the chances are I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. However, if you had put a £2 bit of paper there that you printed off at home that was the uh, the gig, and then stuck your signature on it, I'd have probably bought that for a tenner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Amazing, that's, isn't it? That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I just think um yeah, like you said, look at the trends. What do people collect, and what have they always collected, and yeah. will always collect? That's the thing. They will always collect it. Vinyls are always going to be big, man. Mm. Cassettes are making a comeback. Yeah. I don't know if that will last or not. Maybe it will. Maybe that's too risky at the moment. I don't know. Um, people don't want to play it. That's the thing. It's not about playing it. They just want to. They want to put it up on the side. I've got. I've got like. I've started a small collection. I've got like eight of them up there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Patches. A lot of bands do bring patches. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everyone does. A lot of bands do, but been in many, many shows where I'm like, I go up there and I'm like, they got any patches and no patches. No patches. Yeah. Is that really? Come on, man. It's a yeah. metal show. That I'm seems... not metal fans going to buy the fucking patch. That seems like the dead standard. Yeah. You know what I mean, so, yeah. Yeah. So just a few little things like that. Use your head a little bit. I understand you got to do cheap and bulk, and I do get that. You yeah. Know what I mean, I'm not saying that... band hasn't a band that's not making a lot of money is just trying to get their name out there. Can't afford to go out and start getting all these custom vinyls and everything like that. But I do get that. You know. But if you do push it, I do think you'll sell it. That's the thing. I agree. You're not always going to sell a t-shirt. You're not always going to sell a CD. But you will sell the collector stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on yeah, that on merch it. front, on that merch front, I probably should mention we do have a merch site ourselves. It's on Big Cartel. It's going to be updated in the next week with some additional new stuff, including cool as fuck pint glasses. Yeah. Um, only got like 10 of them I mean Jesus we're not made of money um, yeah if you ask really nice people scribble our names all over them and all yeah yeah <laughs> um, but like new key rings as well and a different colour badge because we had the black one we've now got a white one so yeah the two colours we use is black and white for the mm-hmm. site logo so there's that right we're going to wrap this podcast up thank you very much for making it all the way through here with one last track now again got a little bit of a story around surrounding this one and I'm going to use their words that they wrote so it's from Kavinia 
They're a power trio who played Turbo Rock and they formed in 2015. Like an angry mammoth from outer space, they landed in the desert with their Mustang 68. Rough, pure and full of energy, they set out to conquer the world in rattlesnake boots and denim jackets. They sing about naked witches from outer space, laser raptors and pretty much everything that would grow in a desert in outer space that was created by the devil. Fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> the debut record is called This Is Turbo Rock. Now, it was originally going to be released on the 28th of September. However, the band have informed me that due to unforeseen positive circumstances, they postponed the release till 2019. Um, they have had some positive career changes offered to them, and they're now doing some crowdfunding at the moment. So make sure you go over to that if you want to know more. You won't be able to get the album now. We are still lucky enough to get to play you this track, um, considering we're now months away from the release. But go to www.startnext.com. We are Kavinia. You can find the link. Um, it's going to be added to the album review as well. And it'll be added in the description of this podcast. So, but listen to the song. And you would think, yeah, that's pretty fucking good. Go check out there. Because basically, it's it's uh, crowdfunding. It's the same yeah. as uh, Pledge Music, that kind of thing. It's just being done through a different one. And this, um, this track is Desert Witch. So... Thank you for listening. As always, thank you for listening to our fucking ramblings and complaints about everything. <laughs> um, stay tuned. Next time, next time we will have a band special for you. We are going to cover the big one that we've talked about avoiding for a while. But it Ooh. seems the time, considering... Ed Sheeran. Yes, it's Ed Sheeran's time. We are going to break down his cameo on Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Desert Witch from Covidia. Enjoy. <laughs>